2: Hey, Rotoviz radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO21. That's RVRADIO21, and you're gonna save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now.
0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, and it's touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr.
3: Hello everyone, you're listening to Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. Sean, a uh, great show earlier this week as we looked at uh, another part of the Dynasty Startup Series with yourself and Sam Wallace. On today's show, we're going to look a little bit about uh, one of my buddies over this side of the Atlantic Ocean, Neil Dutton, has been doing a sophomore series uh, and looking forward to diving into that. We always look at the players that are going to take that sophomore jump and this year, if uh, some of these rookies take a jump in the the second season, we're gonna have we're gonna have some absolute superstars because uh, the rookie class last year was just about as fun as any rookie wide receiver class in particular that, that I can remember. And when we looked then uh, all the way back to twenty fourteen, but I think uh, maybe when we start to look back in hindsight, this one might uh, might just top that. But um, ready for today's show, Sean? A lot of a lot of good stuff to talk about.
1: We do, and. It's fun to be able to spotlight Neil a little bit. We have other people working on this sophomore series as well, but Neil is the guy who is heading it up and has written a lot of the cool pieces in this. And one of the reasons why we place a lot of emphasis on these guys heading into year two is that year two is one of those sections of a player's, time in the nfl where the numbers jump right so you look at blair andrew's work in the wrong read series and you see that through most seasons most experience levels when you go from year three to four four to five five to six all the way through and then certainly as you get to these guys who are older veterans in that 30 range you're expecting the point totals to fall whereas players heading into year two we expect the point totals to rise now There is some understanding of that, and occasionally the point where you have these second-year players drafted so early that the owners who make those decisions are criticized for getting uh, sort of out in front of what's going on, for being overly optimistic, for not understanding the numbers. But it's actually a case where more often than not, these year two guys are the players that you can get and actually have a huge breakout on your hands. They're the players where the price and the expected production doesn't always match up. So there's an inefficiency here that you can use to win your leagues. And then the question is, well, it, there's still an important element of player selection, right? You want to pick the right guys. And we have a lot of different tools for evaluating this. We have all of the information about these guys as prospects. And that prospect info still plays a big role As they head into year two, you've got the draft slot and how that plays a role as the guys go into year two. We talked on Tuesday about the big difference between Clyde Edwards-Alaire and James Robinson and how year two is the spot where draft capital actually can play the biggest role for these running backs, given a chance to really take the jump at that point. The GMs, NFL GMs are just like the rest of us. You know, you think about all of these guys uh, on social media, on the websites, in your league, in your Slack channel. Everybody wants to be right. And when you're an NFL GM, you have a lot of control over whether or not you're right because you can get that guy on the field. You're going to make sure over and over that if he's going to fail, he has to prove that he's a failure. You're not just going to run him out there against you know, some fifth year backup and say, you know, you guys are equal in terms of this. Let the best man win. Now, a few teams do that, and I'm sure most coaches will claim that they do that, but these guys who are drafted early are going to get chance after chance. We have the range of outcomes tool that we talked a lot about on Tuesday that gives you a sense of the historical matches for the guys. We have the win the flex tool, which gives you a sense of what ADP, will tell you in terms of how these guys project by position. And then one of the things that we can use here is we can use the Rotovis screener and pull up the player comps by using the similarity feature. And this similarity feature is really cool. It matches based on the metrics that you specifically have chosen and will give you the closest comps for a player for a given season, multiple seasons, what have you. And the sophomore series uses this tool to grab the guys who are most similar as rookies and then to look at what they did in year two. So that'll be kind of the context for what we're doing today. We're going to look at guys sort of across the spectrum and decide whether or not these busts are going to continue to be busts, whether the the middle-of-the-road guys are going to break out, whether we have concerns about the Stars. And, column, let's start with Henry Ruggs, the first wide receiver drafted and a controversial player because his speed is almost unparalleled, and yet you look at what he did in that Alabama offense, very much upstaged by Jerry Judy and expected 2021 first-rounder Devontae Smith. Ruggs goes to the Raiders and had some big plays, but they were also, I think, disappointed in his overall production
3: yeah there was big plays there but you know there were very few and far between even if we look back at the the season as a whole just the 26 receptions uh two touchdowns off that but if we look then i guess at the you know the yards put up with those 26 uh receptions uh <laughs> 452 so he can get a lot done uh on a lot uh, or on a very few uh receptions overall but um there's no doubt for me that this had to be classed as a as a disappointing season um obviously where he was drafted was a, a surprise for for a lot of people including myself um, and te- not not that he was in the first round but in terms of how uh, early he went and um, you know that it just was a, a big surprise for me at the time going 12th overall but I I I don't know I just I can't really get aboard the Henry Ruggs uh, train you know heading heading forward here into the, the season he wasn't somebody I was uh, buying up much off uh, last off season, and then even after the draft so there was just again for me last year it was the concerns around the the offense and how things would shake out there and, and this year there's very little been done to actually quell that and then my my concerns about him as a as a prospect as well. You know, you mentioned already Jerry Judy. Um you know I, I thought Judy was a, a better prospect coming out of college, and I still think he's a better prospect. And even though we have concerns with the quarterback situation in Denver, I still think he's in a, a better situation with the the other pieces around him. So I have a lot of concerns about Rugs. And then when we look at the the screener, um, it kind of doesn't ease those concerns all that much for me. I don't know for you if it's going to ease them, but the the players that he's mixed in with, um, you know, when we look at what they did from year one to year two. Um, there's you know still a lot of concerns moving forward. So the the players that come up best as comparisons for uh, for rugs or Kenny Stills, McCall Hardman, Randall Cobb, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and Marquise Goodwin. Uh, Goodwin coming out as a, a little bit older of a, a rookie, and same with Sanders. But there's there's a lot of concerns with how they perform then heading into year two, and how that year two performance. Uh, came out you know in the wash over over that season and um, no kind of major major players what, what was your thought sean looking at the screener and i, I guess if you had concerns about rugs heading into this uh, you know it didn't really help ease them i'm guessing
1: no it doesn't and, and some of the metrics that neil is looking at here you have games receptions yards fantasy points over expectation age draft height and weight and so we're getting guys who came out in a similar sort of Age draft size category. And yet it's tricky because it's hard to find players drafted up in that 12th overall position that are really very similar. I think hinting number one at just how overvalued Ruggs was or what a big reach he was, but also how it's going to be a little bit different because you're going to give the 12th overall pick a lot more rope than someone drafted where Kenny Stills was drafted, for example. At the same time, yeah, I mean, these these comps don't encourage us. And really, Randall Cobb is the one who broke out as a second-year player and probably is the least similar, unfortunately, for Ruggs in that Cobb a little bit more of a possession receiver, not the speed guy that you're getting with Hardman, Stills, Sanders, and Goodwin. The numbers these guys put up in year two are just incredibly discouraging with hardman 7.9 points per reception maybe the biggest bust certainly the the one guy out of all the players that we liked who just you know crashed and burned and, and did nothing for teams this season still is actually there with drew Brees 11.6 that's not a bad performance i think if you got that from rugs next year that'd be more in line with kind of what you're expecting but still with the cost that he has both for his reality team and for dynasty owners That's not going to get it done for you. Emmanuel Sanders there with Pittsburgh, 5.8. People have a good feeling about Sanders at this point because once he moved away from the Steelers, he became a star. But again, not someone who broke out in that second season. So tricky to find good comps for Ruggs, but I think more evidence here that uh, what you're looking for if you're a Ruggs fan is you're looking for one or two guys who were similar coming out players with questions about production, but fantastic athleticism and early draft slot that maybe needed a year or so in the NFL to get things going, to get comfortable with how it worked, to develop a little bit of that route running, to develop a rapport with their quarterback. And then in year two, once those things happened, you see this explosive jump. The screener is not pulling up a guy like that for rugs. Now, that doesn't mean that there are no players who would fit that category, but the closest players to him do not and so rugs someone i think you want to wait and when he falls below where he's going in adp if you can get him at a value and he's not super expensive so if you can get him as a value beyond that then i think the risk reward flips in your favor but rugs probably not someone you're going to create a really high ownership percentage in just because the odds are still stacked against him now In that Raiders offense, you mentioned they haven't done a lot, but that could benefit him because one of the things I don't think anyone was expecting for this past season was for Nelson Aguilar to take this big jump. You know, If they don't retain him or don't emphasize him, then it really is just wide open here. So we have Darren Waller as the superstar, someone who perhaps can continue to even build on what he's been doing and then wide open. For the receiver so the opportunity is going to be there the upside is going to be there for rugs but we don't see a historical comp super close to him that has done it in the past that continues to raise that red flag
2: hey rotoviz radio listeners this is curtis patrick and two of my favorite simple pleasures in life are good whiskey and sleeping on really nice bedding where do i get mine Lennon. Most of us are going to spend 30 to 35% of our adult lives in bed. It's just not the place to cut corners. Well, my people Rich and Vicki over at Brooklinen, they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and your tastes. They're so confident you're going to love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear. I've got the graphite window.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: and my wife absolutely loves it. All their stuff looks great. You can order anything and it's going to make you and everyone else in your house happy. Having a clean, fresh bedroom set, it's just one simple thing you can do to start and end your day like a champ. Go to brooklinen.com and use our promo code Rotoviz. You're going to get 25 bucks off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code Rotoviz. For $25 off, we spend $100 or more. Plus, free shipping. Brooklennon.com. promo code ROTOVIZ, and check it out.
1: maybe a similar player, but one who was in a a different situation for 2020 would be Jalen Rager, a guy we really liked from a metrics perspective. Actually was the number one scoring guy in the wide receiver prospect lab post-draft and then he goes into this Eagles environment where Carson Wentz collapses there's a lot of turmoil from a coaching perspective Jalen Hurts someone who is going to be a good fantasy quarterback but maybe not a reality quarterback to help your receivers in fantasy and then you also have all of the injuries that Rager went through as that rookie really hard to evaluate him knowing that he played his rookie year with so many different uh nagging ailments uh, give us a sense of who his comps are and and how closely you think he fits to some of these guys you
3: know f- first you mentioned the the ailments and you know that did did hurt him a lot last year when we look back to the eagles offense as well it was um uh, you know a, a train wreck has probably been nice to it in terms of how it was performing as the season went along and did uh you know show some flashes as the the season got towards the end but Come up in terms of Jalen Rager in the screener. Um, we're looking at a much, much more uh, wide range of, of positive options. We're looking at Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, Devontae Adams, uh, Robert Woods, and then uh, f- filling it out as uh, Ruben Randall, who obviously there was huge high hopes for uh, after those um, early seasons for him with the Giants. Um, I think that Rager, you know, out of these two guys, is, is in my preference even though out of the three guys we're going to talk about here isn't my favorite um but he is is more (laughs) more favorable to me than when we look at henry rogue so when we look at the, the comparisons heading into the second season in this case there is there is cause for optimism i know you also mentioned sean the filters and where um where, where rugs went in the draft obviously is going to affect who is pulled into that sample size as well so with rager we have to take that into account but the players that he's uh been compared to here are, are much more positive you did mention there as well with the quarterback situation and you know we've seen it happen with uh the likes of lamar jackson where we have somebody who is just such a, a tremendous fantasy asset but when it comes to the players that come off of him, in terms of the, the the skilled position players and how they are for fantasy football as an asset, um, I think we could be into a similar situation here with uh, with the situation with Hertz. I, I do think Hertz sh- showed a little bit more uh, pocket presence and his ability to pass uh, in year one than we did see from Jackson. And Jackson has improved as he's moved forward in his career as well. So we'll see uh, if Hertz takes that step forward and can help somebody like Rager, But that would be a big concern for me. Is I think we're going to see a situation where maybe. Rager's biggest successes are going to come from things like, you know, broken plays where he gets downfield and then we have a chance to to put the ball downfield on a, a non-design play. And it's how they can operate in game script to give him him kind of that that upside of a wide receiver one in the NFL. That would be my major concern with him. But um in the screener, the, the prospects that I mentioned, it's it's looking pretty positive from that perspective in terms of how they improved. Uh, and mainly in terms of the overall performance in terms of ppr uh, points per game uh, pretty much across the board they all took a leap heading into year two
1: they did i think one of the things that's interesting here and we don't want to put too much of an emphasis on the exact uh you know year by year arc for these individual guys but even though these these comps are very encouraging in terms of the names overall we are looking at players who broke out a little bit later. So with Chris Godwin, eleven point seven points as a sophomore, he was one of those big third year breakout guys. Robert Woods, ten point four points as a sophomore, he was somebody who doesn't really take the next step until he moves to the Rams with his second contract. Devontae Adams, eight point three points as a sophomore, it, it's a imp- it's almost impossible to believe now with Devontae Adams coming off of this extraordinary year, one of if not the best fantasy seasons that we've ever seen from a wide receiver and as a reality player you know right there with um michael thomas pre-2020 right there with uh uh, deandre hopkins julio jones as the best wide receiver in the nfl that through two seasons he was considered a bust he really needed that opportunity in year three to make the jump so i think that this in some ways actually lends itself a little bit to the concerns for Rager that because his rookie season was a little bit of a wash because there are going to be some changes on offense because we can't be hundred percent sure what his quarterback situation is going to be like that year two should build on what he did and I think that I am with what I think is the consensus is that Rager is still too good of a player to not continue to build that we're going to see some progression but it may be 2022 before he's a big impact player in redraft
3: yeah I think that's kind of where, where I am as well in my thoughts and Sean uh, I mentioned um, the three players we're going to talk about I didn't mention them by name yet but the third guy here I'm going to mention is the, the one that I'm most excited about and he's the one that had uh, the best season out of the three guys we're going to mention um, and that is Branton of the 49ers who as a rookie I just thought was absolutely uh, phenomenal um, in terms of what he was able to implement into the offense. Played just twelve games, but did finish with fifteen point four points uh, in terms of PPR uh, in those games, and um, I just thought that there was just so many positives in terms of how they used him. Uh, you know, both in the run game and also you know screen passes, deep passes. Kind of used him in a multitude of ways and his comps uh, really flash up with um some exciting names in it uh, Keen allen terry McLaurin, sammy watkins jarvis landry and, and justin blackman who unfortunately his career in the nfl didn't work out how you know the jacksonville jaguars or he would have hoped but there was um you know a lot of excitement when he did enter the league but um the, the numbers in terms of what was done in year two for these guys, there's a, a monster jump from what we talked about in the first two the players. And, you know, pretty much everyone in this here um, in the mid-double digits, uh, Keenan Nall had 12.8 points per game in his second season, but uh, i of that 15.1 for Terry McClure and Jarvis Landry, 16.9. Um, Justin Blackman, who I mentioned already, 19.1 in his second season. So lots of uh, positive stuff um, happening for those guys in the, the second season in terms of how the, the comparisons look but even even aside from those comparisons I, I just was really really impressed what he did obviously the 49ers had a number of different quarterbacks uh, they had a lot of injuries and he he stepped up to the plate and uh, looked like it looked like a veteran very early on so he's somebody heading into the the second year that is a is a prime target for me in, in pretty much all formats
2: Yeah,
1: the 49ers claimed that they had Ayuk and Lamb as the two best receivers in that draft. Now, Justin Jefferson has something to say about that. He would need to be uh, included in that category, but I don't think the 49ers are too far off in terms of their evaluation. Ayuk had a, a fantastic rookie season. Already, when you look at what he did over the second half of the season, he's an impact, you know, borderline wide receiver one for you. And then you look at these comps and you're thinking, okay, he's, he's very likely to take the next step. It's funny to look at the numbers here. And for Justin Blackman, sadly, it was only four games. But, you know, you look at Blackman in there, you're trying to remember what he did, and, and he actually averaged 19 points per game over that first month of his second season. You know, we're probably not going to get quite enough volume for iuk to completely set the world on fire. And yet, Neil, in his article, he shows you uh, breaking out the game splits app that iuk had the same numbers with Debo samuel and without i had looked at these guys in terms of including george kittle in the mix uh, in an article earlier this season where i was looking at in best ball can you draft Ayuk kittle and samuel all together the best ball win rate explorer which is which allows you to do all kinds of amazing things Uh, we've talked on the show about the positional heat map and how that allows you to look at you know where you should be selecting individual positions throughout your draft one of the things you can do with that is is break out the stack explorer and see how these stacks will work the cool thing there i mean it does suggest that you could draft those three guys together in best ball and be successful i think that that all three of them are not necessarily undervalued Kittle and Ayuk, very expensive, but Samuel, someone else who is interesting there. This offense, you know, if it has a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, certainly if it has a healthy impact quarterback that they're able to bring in uh, somehow through trade or free agency, uh, maybe even doing something crazy in the draft, it just, it's mouthwatering what they could do. You know, we know how they've run the ball. We know what they've done with guys like Raheem Mostert, Jeffrey Wilson, What they're going to do with these receivers when this offense is all set is going to blow people away, right? I mean, Kyle Shanahan feels like they're right there on the verge. Obviously, they had the big fourth quarter lead in the Super Bowl uh, just a year ago. But this team is in progress. And when they have it set, it is going to absolutely blow people away. And so I think owning any of the main members of this roster You're going to be happy that you did, you know, are there going to be some volume concerns in the short term, perhaps, but if you have a chance to draft Ayuk in a dynasty league, you know, take it and run yeah I
3: agree and you mentioned some of the guys like you know when you get George Kittle in the mix um, and Shanahan just loves to try and get that run game going in a major way so open things up for play action I think this this offense is just going to be almost impossible to plan for if they can get everyone healthy and we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation but um it's going to be really really tough to uh to plan for this 49ers offense uh, moving forward so looking forward to seeing what they do uh, in 2021 As uh, sean as we get ready to look towards wrapping up today's show um i just uh over the last couple of weeks we've we've been doing our recommendations in the second half of thursday show i have one that i don't know i think this might have come up as a recommendation previously but over the last week uh, bought a new computer it's an apple computer and um obviously the, with an Apple computer now you get a free year of Apple TV so this isn't a plug uh, for Apple but <laughs> uh, it sounds like it but um, I, I obviously took advantage of the the Apple TV and uh, watched uh, Ted Lasso over the last uh, week or so I, I've been through the first season and uh, kind of, I think it was three days uh, something that I thought was uh, extre- extremely funny I really enjoyed it and I don't know how well it uh, crosses uh, it's obviously uh, kind of u.s series based on uh, jason Sidicus uh, as a, a kind of a premier league manager um without knowing anything about the premier league so I, I thought it was really really good i don't know sean have you might have mentioned this on the show previously but have, have you seen have you seen uh, ted lasso
1: no but you hear fantastic things you hear fantastic things about it. i actually tried to load it up the there today and and decided not to go through the whole process of uh signing up for Apple Plus. But if I make the same leap and, and get that uh Apple computer as well, that'll be one of the first things I do uh watching that show. He obviously extremely funny. The premise is a blast and the reviews have been out of this world. So anybody who does have access to that, I think it's probably not the first uh streamer that people have loaded up on their tv but if you have a chance uh watch it and and contact us let us know like just how much we should be willing to spend or emphasize in terms of of getting to that show uh one quick mention that i have i've only gone through a couple of episodes but they're so stylish I wanted to mention the hulu show reprisal definitely an under the radar option there i never see anything about it but it stars abigail spencer who i think is one of the more underrated actresses fantastic in the show it has uh this uh, sort of juxta- interesting juxtaposition of styles and content within it uh check the show out check her out you won't be disappointed at least through a couple of episodes there and wanted to mention that one because again, some of these more below the radar. If you are in the situation that I'm in, and I assume that most of us are in, I mean, you've watched all of the main recommendations <laughs> that you're interested that people have. And so if anybody can come up with a name that we are not familiar with, then you're doing us all a huge service. You know, let us know what your favorite below the radar television show is to help get us through what hopefully will be the last couple of months of this horrible pandemic. It seems like uh, the light at the end of the tunnel is finally here if we can just make good decisions for you know five six seven eight more weeks then hopefully everything will turn out uh for the best or as best as it can within the context of of how awful this has all been but we appreciate the recommendations that we've gotten from listeners we appreciate the community that we have received some very nice emails from this week uh from people who enjoyed the show and help them win their leagues. I know that we had the contest recently and and that's no longer uh, going on, but to continue to receive some of those emails uh, subsequent to the contest has felt really good. and, And we enjoy sharing this community with you. We're very thankful for, uh, your listenership and just the community that we have with Rotaviz Radio, Rotaviz the site.
3: Yeah, there's obviously Sean getting those, um getting those feedback and those comments in is as much appreciated. And as always, you can drop us a written review at your favorite podcast app and uh, help others find the show. I know some people have uh, <laughs> done their uh, reviews to say that they don't want other people to find the show, particularly their league mates, but um uh, it always helps us when we get those uh writtens and reviews on on your favorite podcast app and I, I did mention Ted Lasso Sean i know something that you've highlighted on a number of your uh recommendations as kind of character arcs in terms of character development um they they probably go through the development quite quickly in this series but um, there's a lot of like characters uh, going from good to bad and and so forth and uh, makes it very very interesting to watch so again recommend that one uh, i might even have to go back and, and watch it a second time but as we get close to the end of the show uh, as sean mentioned you can send us those uh, suggestions for show topics for your recommendations to for us to share with the listeners for us to pick up some new under the radar shows and so on uh, you can send them to me at Overtime Ireland or you can send them to rotavisradio at gmail.com uh, and we'll use some of the best on the upcoming shows and as always you can get yourself that 10% discount as well to a Rotavis NFL pass by adding the code Radio 2021 at checkout or be going to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for further information And really, that's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. Once again, thank you for tuning in. If you didn't listen in to Tuesday's show just yet, we did go through... Um, kind of another round off the dynasty startup uh, series that sean and sam wallace have been doing so definitely um, head on back and check that out lots of uh, interesting conversation there my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at Overtime Ireland. my co-host is sean siegel you can check out all of sean's work up on com. And until we're back next week with another two editions of Rotoviz overtime have a good one